Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Penalty Box Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Anderson. Today, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, someone that a lot of you indicated you would like to sit down and have a drink with after a game. This is a person who isn't short on opinions and ideas, and he was more than happy to share them with me. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation with our good friend, Eric Llewellyn. So we are pleased to be joined on the line now by an XHL player who really needs no introduction. Uh, he was recently voted the player that I guess people would most like to have a drink with after a game. So Lou, how you doing and how you staying sane with the coronavirus? Pretty good. How you doing? Haven't seen anybody for a while. <laughs> right. I, I know you've been fishing, right? Yeah, that's about uh, all I've really been doing. I mean, I got some yard projects and stuff going on that keep me from getting lazy but <laughs> haven't had a pair of skates on you know in a long time i saw uh, him was skating but i think he's got the edge on everybody now who was who that dave glass dave glass yeah i know i saw he's got his own little court in the backyard um well anyhow I, thanks for coming on here i have a variety of questions here i know that you uh, are not short on opinions so i thought you'd be a great guest for us here on our second episode of this uh podcast I wanted to start off with a uh, question that takes us back to the past a little bit. You, um, you've been in the XHL for almost the entire 20 years, I believe. Do you remember when you started? Uh, I could figure out the year. I would have been 15 trying to get in because you had to be 16. But my right. birthday is at the end of June, so had to try to pull a couple strings there to make <laughs> that happen. So it would have been a lot of years ago. Yeah. And then I missed, I think, one, maybe two. But I actually traveled for a couple of years from Pittsburgh twice. Oh, wow. Wow. Playing the XHL for a couple of summers. So probably every year since then, except for one or two years. All right. Perfect. So let, let's compare what the talent level looked like back then to what it looks like today. What do you think? What do you think's changed talent wise? I think that I think that the people coming in are way better than like we were when we started oh i agree with that you know like i'm i'm playing some of the probably best hockey i've played ever right now and i really wish i could have done that like when my knees didn't hurt and my elbows didn't <laughs> hurt. and I, you know and the body was in a lot better shape but I, you know i couldn't skate i didn't have anywhere to go like you have to teach yourself how to do everything there's no coaching there's no right where anybody would get any really experience you kind of have to do it all on your own what did you do to to uh, help yourself? What did you just shoot in the in the uh, at the court? You just get down the court and shoot a bunch of shots to get that wrist shot where it is. Yeah, I mean it's tough to only be able to work on your game when you're playing your games, you know. Like, yeah, you don't for sure. Hockey practice or anything like that. But I would just uh, I would try to find things that I wanted to do, like that I thought that my body could do, but I wasn't being smart enough to do them. Whether I was seeing it on TV or watching a game live in Pittsburgh or, you know, even playing a video game or just, you know, I do something like, wow, that really works. I bet I could do that. And then I'd have to wait until Monday or Wednesday to do it. And I do it <laughs> work, you know, so 
any anywhere where you can try to learn something and just try to put it into your game. That must be why your game is flashier than mine then, because you were watching <laughs> doing the video games and stuff. I know, do video games. <laughs> I know for me, I used to get down to the court when I was, you know, when I didn't have responsibilities or kids or anything. And mm-hmm. I just practice skating and stick handling. And even if I was by myself, I didn't mind doing it. I even practice skating backwards, all of those things that we take for granted. Yeah, if you can just skate anywhere with your gloves on, and you have a stick and a ball. I mean, because you have to be able to skate before you can do anything, in my opinion. You Absolutely. But if you can't skate, then you're, you know, you're not going to be where you want to be. So any anybody that has a big enough area where you can just have a hockey net and a stick and a ball, and you can put your skates on, I'd I'd be doing it if I could. See, I always said if you can't if you can't do anything else, if you can skate, you're an asset. Um, right. So let me ask you this then. Uh, this seems like a good transition to this question just a random one um when you look at the the players who have come into uh you know fall league winter league xhl recently who do you think are going to be the stars of the league in like 10 years from now maybe pick pick a couple names who do you think will stand out 10 years from now probably you still (laughs) Uh, i can see I can see, like, maybe Andy even making it that long. Like, he could still probably be pretty relevant if he keeps playing and, and stays in oh, the Oh, yeah. Area. Yeah, yeah. Heck, he's just in his but, mid-20s, I think. Yeah, and the, but the way that they're coming in, like I just said a little bit ago, the way that they're coming in, that third one, I mean, it could be somebody you don't even know yet or isn't even oh, yeah. old enough to play yet because they just – it seems like when they sign up, they're already ready to play, and I don't understand where <laughs> where they learn to do it at, but yeah. it's probably somebody we don't even know. Yeah, that's true. I think of somebody like A.J. Sabolski, you know. Yeah, he's a good hockey player. He plays hard. He has it in him. For sure, yeah. So you have to have the passion and you have to have the skills. But like you said, you have to be able to skate. Right. That's that's number one. Um, let's talk about a little bit about your uh, playing career. So you have, I believe, won two championships in the XHL. I was looking back at the Hall of Champions. Um, and one of those was last year with the Renegades. And I'll admit, I, I was a little bit worried about you guys last year. Um, I thought, man, this this is a group with a lot of talent, but maybe it's not the right mix. But somewhere towards the middle of last season, I feel like you guys kind of flicked the switch. So, and then you kind of cruise from there. So, what happened? How, how was that possible? Uh, we were kind of worried about it too. I mean, we were like one and three or something like that to start it. But uh, you just, you know, you have the tools. But you have to be, you know, I mean, you still have to be able to put everything together. And it was tough because I was going over and obviously I knew that they were good. They had just won a championship already. So they didn't really even need me. So I'm trying to figure out where I fit and what I'm supposed to do. Right. At first, it's just a bunch of good hockey players. It's almost like a pickup game. And like I said, there's no practice. Like, imagine how good that team could have been if we got to practice for two months before the season started or something. Sure, like that. yeah. But, you know, every every game and it only being once a week, we could only work on it for for 45 minutes a night. So, you know, we, we learned each other's tendencies and where we were going and what we were doing. We learned it relatively quick, which still takes, you know, half an XHL season, but I don't think it was really like a mental change. We just really had to figure out what we were doing and where people were going because everybody had us on paper to win it going in. So that's a lot of pressure too. Oh yeah. And And I thought, Oh, go ahead. 
just once we really figured out what we were trying to do and how we wanted to win the game, then then we were able to pull off some wins pretty easily. Yeah, I've even found with like fall and winter league teams or even XHL teams, sometimes it's not the team that has the best uh, roster on paper. You have to really learn how to find your role within the team. And then the team has to have a game plan. You know, you have to have a game plan where everybody's trying to do the same thing so that the job gets done. Like that was that was one of the Hooligans problems was we had we had so many, you know, so many good shots and so many good skaters and just everybody could do everything on that team. But we couldn't ever get down to one game plan, everybody trying to do one thing all at the same time. And I think that's why the Renegades were able to do it because we knew how we wanted to win the game and we, it only took us six or eight games to get there. Yeah, everybody has to row in the right direction. Um, speaking of the hooligans, you know, like you said, there was a lot of talent on those teams, but it just didn't seem to be a great mix. And it seemed like you guys might have maybe lost a little bit of that joy in playing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that because uh, we were just becoming frustrated. We knew we were supposed to win more than one championship, you know, and there was, I don't even know how many times we lost the finals and it's hard. You play the whole season just to get back to the finals. You know I mean? You know that you're going to be there at least to the playoffs, not necessarily the finals because you never know how it's going to shake down, but you have a pretty good idea of who's going to be in there with you, who you're playing. And we just kept losing the same teams every year. And I think that's <laughs> what made it a little sour. Sure. So you had uh, two XHL championships like we talked about, and I looked back, I think you had three Randy Carlson tournament victories. Uh, what is more satisfying to you, the, the XHL championships or those tournament championships? It's, it's hard to say. It's a different kind of championship. You know, I don't – obviously, the winning the league is the most important thing, or you know, to sign up for the summer. But if you're going to play that tournament, we've been playing to win that too. It's not like we really just signed up to, to play in the Randy. You see the types of teams we put together. Yes. You know, you're going to be there all day. And, you know, we definitely try to win that tournament. Every single time I go in there with anybody, it's always a roster of people that were there to, were there to win. And I like to win that one, too, because Randy was a teammate of mine on the Enforcers way back in the day. So, uh, you know, I don't like to put one above the other. But they're different. They're both different championships to win. I like them both. Anytime I can win anything, it's good. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I think uh, in my whole time playing in the Randy Carlson, I've only ever won it once. So I know it's it's hard. I mean, you have to. Yeah, that is tough to win. Yeah. Like it's almost, I would almost say tougher, even though I've only won, uh, you know, the cup twice in, the, in Randy Carlson more than that. But it's it's tough because every year there's that seems to be getting more and more competitive as well. And you almost need a bounce here and there. You know, in a 10-minute game, anything can happen. Anything can happen. It's You know, you get a bad goal goes in, you can't come back from it, and you lose to a team that you never even thought you were going to lose. So talking about formats here, what what do you enjoy the most? The, we have the Fall League where we have captains picking teams. The Winter League, you get the computer randomizing uh, your teammates, maybe get to play with people that you're not used to playing with. And then, of course, the summer where you get to pick your own teams. What what do you enjoy the most? Um, it, you know, it's changed a little bit for me since since we shut the Hooligans down because the reason you like the XHL the most or the main league of the XHL, the summer league, was because it was like you're getting back with the gang to play hockey. Like everything was randomized through the rest of the time. But in summer, we all got to play hockey 
you know, again, together. Because a lot of them hockey teams down there, like, they know each other. They have their core of friends or, or you know, and they show up. But the other people on their team just show up and go to work as to where we were all friends off the court. Like, we were yep. a team on and off the court. So, that's why we kept the Hogan's together for so long. Right. But now, now it's like I don't mind any of them because – you know, I feel randomized every single time I step on the floor. So I was looking forward this summer to playing with the Renegades again because that's the only familiar team that, like, I have right now. You no, know? for sure. Um, and maybe you guys could have made a run here in the Winter League um, at the end of the league here. Who knows? Uh, hopefully we get to finish that. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's go with this. You know, you've sort of embraced this. Maybe, maybe it's my misunderstanding, but it seems like you've embraced kind of the villain role within the XHL. You know, it's kind of been a love-hate relationship over the years. But it's it's even though you might play into that role a little bit, you're very well regarded by the league and by the people who play in the league. Um, and it seems like something maybe changed with the way that you approach the league after the Hooligans final season. Uh, even Dave Glass went out of his way to praise you. So, do you think do you think that something changed that that led to that? Yeah. Well, when we shut the whole things down, I, I don't. I felt like the cause kind of died. You know, <laughs> the villain there cause. Was no, there was no anger. There's no cause. You know, there's nothing for me to be that mad about. I felt like I was fighting for something on the Hooligans. Uh huh. Um, and I'm probably old. Maybe that, <laughs> maybe my energy. Is the, the competitive juices. Yeah, but now I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's random teams. Like if I'm gonna get put on the winter league and show up and and be mad about calls and stuff, I'm not gonna have any fun. And like I said, there's no, it, there's no cause. Not that I don't want my winter league team to win, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go out of my way to do something that I really, you know, say that I don't care, you know, what people are gonna think about it or what people are gonna think about it just for a winter league team. So I'm just more worried about staying healthy, playing good hockey, you know, I don't really, like you said, I don't have any terrible relationships with anybody down there. So it'd be kind of dumb for me to show up every night and just keep fighting and yell at <laughs> stuff. So I think I just try to, I think I just try to play better hockey now. And I mean, I got, I'm one for one since I left the whole thing. So <laughs> trying to keep that rolling and uh, I'm just trying to win and have fun. Well, it does seem like you've been playing, You may, like you said, maybe your best hockey of your career, maybe it, ties into the fact that you don't have the other stuff to worry about. Um, do you ever get nervous for games? Um, yeah, I do because, you know, I've lost so many games in the last 10 seconds, <laughs> like pro- probably lost you 10 times with a minute left up, up one or maybe even more. Uh, well, know, I so. feel like it's gone the other way for me. So <laughs> a couple times playing against each other for a while. Right, right. Um, I still I still get nervous for big games because, you know, that other team that you're playing, once you make it to the end, you're still going to be playing, you know, you or Adam or Joe or, you know, all these teams. And you could easily lose to them. I mean, once you get once you get to the finals, you're going to be playing some good hockey players. And, I, and if you're not getting nervous for them, you probably shouldn't even really play anymore. In my yeah, that, it's it's fun to feel a little bit of pressure, too. It motivates you, too. Yeah, I like playing in big games. That's why I like playing in the Randy and stuff like that. I like I like playing. And it feels like once you get started, um, the nerves kind of go away, you know. Um, at least for me, they do. Once once the ball drops, then it's just muscle memory. Right. Yeah. You just like you know ride the bicycle. Correct. 
Uh, all right, so we know hockey players are known for their routines. Do you have any game day routine routines that you kind of adhere to or a go-to meal or anything like that? I definitely didn't when I was younger, but uh, now I usually start the day before uh, with not sitting at the bar. <laughs> the night before the game, I just that anymore i think that's where you know that's cool everybody wants to have a drink with me i can still do it but we're gonna have to do it maybe one at a time can't do it like i used to be able to do it so try not to do any of that no partying we can party after the game and i try to eat something good i feel like you have to have something good in you and you have to have it in you early enough you know to digest it to turn it into energy so as long as i have a good meal i'd say three hours at least before the Mm -hmm. game and i'm hydrated that's pretty much what I try for every game. Um, do you think that uh, there's a better sniper in the league than you? If so, who would it be? There's definitely some people that can put it where they want it. Like, I know Andy's really good. I've watched him, you know, I've watched him look at the corner and shoot and put it right where he wants it. Um, I think Joe's pretty good at it. He comes down, his wingspan is yeah. so wide. He decides where he's going to put it, and then he makes a couple moves, and then he puts it there. But I know I don't have a lot of velocity on my shot. Like a Cody Shucker's wrist shot, it looks a lot faster than my wrist shot. So accuracy is something that that I've always tried to have with my shot. Like when I would just play hockey by myself, whether you're shooting the corners or trying to shoot the post. or I feel like an accurate shot is just as good as a fast shot that doesn't have a lot of accuracy. So are you looking at the net when you shoot, or do you just kind of think of a spot in your head and try to put it there? I look at the net as much as I can, but I, you know, I, I've scored a lot of goals not even being able to see. You have to have a knack of where the net yeah. is, and you got to remember that the blade of your stick doesn't see what you see. So the guy playing the body, and you can't see the net. That doesn't mean that my stick out wide to my right doesn't see the net. Right, I, I can see it. It's all know. about angles. I know where that lane is, and you know, I've been shooting at that net for twenty years, so. If I said that there's been times where I let one rip and it, you know, went bar down and I meant to do it or I saw it, I'd be lying because, you know, that happens all the time. You just have to, I don't know, you have to be lucky sometimes, but I feel like you have to have a knack for just where the net really is without looking at it. Yeah, I call that hockey sense. And I feel like that's something that you don't really teach. You just kind of either get it or you don't. And right. what about equipment? Do you are you particular with your equipment? Do you have a certain stick, flex, curve that you like? Skate? Yeah, um, I've been using PM9 curves for a long time. Ever since we got rid of the Coho Revolution. <laughs> oh, I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to have about ten of them. Probably still do have ten of them in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> I got the PM9 curve was the one that that I really really started to like and it's a it's a straighter curve doesn't have a lot on it and it works well with the ball and then bauer just quit making them out of nowhere so i I didn't really get faced with any equipment you know situations like that until they did that and that's when i realized how dependent i was on that blade i'd get a p88 and go down there and take a wrist shot and it would be over the goalie's head you know up in the lights and i'm like (laughs) wow i really so if I had one thing that I could have, I mean, I really don't care. I need to have nice, comfy gloves. I like to get a new pair, you know, often if I find a sale, I like gloves. But the stick and that curve, that's, that's important. Are you into the Verbero? Is that what it is? Amex got everybody try, wanting to try this. Yep. He found a very comparable 
curve. There's actually a chart and everything. If you know your curve and you like it, you can get on there and they have what theirs are called. Like I forget what theirs are called. Maybe not something V90 or something was the PM9. And I got on there and I bought one and it was really good stick for me. I just wish I would have bought yeah. more when I knew the cheap because then I, you know, those all break too. And now you're back in the same problem. So and, I don't know. I'm hoping that Bauer comes right. back with something. What's what's the one part of your game you wish you were better at? I wish I was faster. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, I just I would I mean, I just wish I was faster. If I could do the things that I can do now and do them faster, I'd just be able to I you know, I'd be able to bring, you know, when somebody brings speed into the zone, like when Andy's flying at you and, and you're, you're backing everybody up. Right. Backs everybody up. Nobody's backing up when I'm coming down. They can take a pretty good read on me. So I think that's another reason that my shot became so good because I have to get it off. I take a lot of shots because I don't have, you know, just breakaway speed to get away from, from people. So I would be faster for sure. What about if you have a, a do or die game in the XHL, um, who, who do you want on your team and who do you not want on the other team? I guess you, they could be one or the uh, other or, or the same. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd want you <laughs> on my team and definitely not on the other team because of that, that last minute thing that you have going on there. You win a lot of games in the last minute. So I definitely want you on my team if I was losing. I wouldn't want you on my team, on the other team, you know, if I was losing or even if I was winning. What about a, what about a goalie? Any goalies that you wouldn't want to see on the other side? Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never really like shooting it at him. Never have really liked having to shoot it at him. I've been having a little more success lately, but he's always stonewalled me in, in the big games. And I can remember Rob doing it a lot to me back in yeah, the day. Yeah, when you catch Rob when he's hot, look out. Same same with Adam. Yeah, Adam yeah. in a playoff game is different than Adam in a in a regular season game. And it's their it's their consistency that, that makes them two obvious ones come back out because any any goalie can stand up and have an awesome, you know, awesome run real quick. But it just seems like they can do it on such a consistent level that those would just be the two. I mean, I think that'd be everybody's yeah. choices. Now let's let's kind of shift gears here. Um, you're a guy that likes to bet on things, so here's one for you. The Penguins will win another cup before Crosby retires. Agree or disagree? Are you putting money down on that? Uh, providing everything returns to, to normal? Yes, of course. Like an 82-gamer and seven-gamers and stuff? Yeah. Um, I would say yeah. I would say yes. I think that they have the we-want-to-win-now mentality with Rutherford, which they have to do because I think that the era after Crosby could be dark. Because you're going to lose him, and you're going to lose Gino, and you're going to lose Latang, and it's all going to happen at about the same time. And I think they know that, so I think they're all in. I would, I would bet a little bit of money on that. I would say Sidney Crosby. Gets you know, that. and I feel like if you're going to be bad, you should just tank because that's what the Penguins did in the early 2000s, and they accumulated all those yeah. draft picks, and that's what led them to get you know people like Malkin and flurry and they got lucky with Crosby but you know if you're going to be bad be bad yeah, that's almost 20 years of success exactly. because of that but yeah because yeah just a little bit of futility goes a long way um what's the f- best NHL game you ever attended in person 
Well, that's an easy <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, definitely. It was Game 7, double OT, uh, Eastern Conference Finals against Ooh, the Senators. you were at that game. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, me, Bruiser, a bunch of hooligans there. Amick was there. I can't really remember who was on there. I know we were there, though. I know at least us three were there. And uh, I remember running out of there, knowing that we were going back to the cup and, and marching down to the south side. That was that was a big game. I've never been more nervous. <laughs> you know, watched it for every shot through two oh, yeah. times. The game could be over. So There's probably nothing better than playoff hockey. Any um, Anytime that they come down into the zone, into your zone, you're, like, just holding your breath, just hoping the shot doesn't get on yep, net. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, in double OT game seven, it added a little bit. It was it was pretty. Were you feeling optimistic game. going into overtime? Um, yeah, I think I, I think so. I remember sitting there with my rally towel. We were in the very front row of the upper bowl, so I remember just like having my towel in my <laughs> mouth and like leaning, leaning over that railing, watching every time they would come into our zone. I thought it might be over every time they. You know, we we went down on them. I was hoping it would be over. It was just back and forth emotions for oh, two overtimes. It's good stuff. So, what about fighting? Should fighting be banned in hockey? I don't think it should, no. It's a part of the game. In hockey, the way it's going now, the way the skills are and, and stuff now, the players, it's kind of eliminating yeah. itself. I mean, there's no – when's the last time you saw a fight in True. a game? game? Maybe George LaRock. Yeah, when's the last <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I hope there's yeah. no one since then. But uh, I actually think that's one of the things that that team that team lacks, and that's something they're going to need if they want to win that that last cup. Because I feel like when the when the Penguins are making a deep run, you know, look how Washington decided to just finally stop. Them. Right, like they beat us up, and I watched Boston play, and I'm like, wow, they would they would beat us up. But, you know, I didn't like when we got rid of Ryan Reeves. You know, I think you have to have some physicality out there. I don't think fighting needs to be taken out of the game, but, you know, I don't think they should be fighting more. I just think that it's kind of eliminating itself. It's a faster, younger league, but you still yeah, have you can't just games. hide that, that fighter on the fourth line anymore and expect them to play three or four minutes. You, you almost need a Tom right. Wilson type who can take a shift with the top six here and there. Yeah, and then still be able to do it, you know, on the back end. It's a dead roster spot to just have a exactly. like a Jordan LaRock. Uh, you, uh, you follow the NFL pretty closely, right? So today is draft mm-hmm. day. The, or the Steelers don't have a, a first-round pick. Do you have any um, thoughts on, on, the, uh, on the draft for the Steelers? Who, who are you looking at or anything like that? Position? As long as they don't take a linebacker, I'll be happy if they don't take a linebacker. That's always what <laughs> you don't want a line. How come? Because they just take they just always take a linebacker. I mean, we did end up with some good ones, but you know, team needs. If anybody's looking at them, we need a wide receiver. We need a running back. Like I just don't. I, we don't need another linebacker. And every, it seems like every day on draft day, I turn it on and find out. That, that's true. Well, you won't probably find anybody today who was drafted as a linebacker because the Steelers don't have a first round pick. They they traded that for Minka Fitzpatrick. Was that a good deal? Do you think that that's? Uh, do you think that that's what I was going to ask you? Do you think yeah. Oh well, I think I that was a glaring need for the Steelers. They've been torched over the middle for years. I think ever since Troy Polamalu left. Look at what Brady has done to the Steelers over the years. Um, and 
not going to find a player like Minka Fitzpatrick in this draft. So I, I'm for it now. The only thing that I was worried about was if they end up with like a top five pick because Roethlisberger had gotten hurt at that point. And I'm like, well, maybe that's the time that you draft your quarterback of the future. But I think it worked out. Right. I assume that you, you feel the same. Yeah, I don't think that the Steelers, even if there was a player available, I don't think that they would have been smart enough <laughs> to pick that player out and change that team, you know, as much as he as much as he really came in and, and changed that defense. I don't I don't see a player right. impacting it in the draft. Well, Lou, that was a lot of fun. Um, that half hour went really quickly. So I thank you so much for being on. Hopefully the next time I see you will be on opposite ends of the court fighting out the last minute of a game. Yeah, I can't wait to get back and play some hockey. Uh, I've been bored. And whether I get a penalty or get in trouble or not, I just want to get my skates on and get back down. I hear you. Thanks so much, Lou. Thanks again to Eric Llewellyn for joining us here on the Penalty Box Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you'll continue to follow us as we um, explore different people throughout the league. Um, We're not sure of our next guest. If you have an opinion for somebody you'd like to hear on the show, feel free to comment on the Facebook page or send me an email at xhl underscore hockey at hotmail.com. Until next time, stay safe.